recording. How are you, brother? Doing all right? Sorry, I know I owe you an, I don't know, a dive into uh, how to make your mic sound as good as possible. I just have not had the time. That's okay. But I, I really haven't had time either, so. Well, it's all good. That's just because you've been partying. Like me, it's been worse. Um, but sounds good to me. So, and who knows how it'll, it'll probably sound much better on the Zoom recording, which I didn't listen to, versus the YouTube stream, right? Which is going into OBS. It's going from your mic into the Zoom, from Zoom into OBS, from OBS into YouTube, from YouTube to you. So, it's possible that the uh, audio only or even the you know the actual edited uh video version will sound much higher quality uh, sure so anyway Makes we'll sense. see we shall see hopefully uh hopefully this is loud enough what were uh what what kept you late at work oh wait before we get into that Folks listening or who are planning on uh, tuning in for the live stream, YouTube is down <laughs> and uh, I can't get the live stream up and running. So you're, uh, you're left with uh, not having that. So apologies. All right. What kept you late or not late, but what kept you at the office? I just had to wrap a couple of things up before. Technically, I could do it tomorrow, and I still have 20 or 30 minutes left, but I can, it's remote work, I can do from home. Um, but I had to receive part of a shipment that came in, and there were just a lot of orders to do. And so it ended up being a couple different projects that just stacked up. I had to make a couple inventory adjustments in our software system. Okay. And uh, so, yeah. Gotcha. Whenever your cigar is smoking too vociferously, it means that something isn't quite lit. One of the leaves is smoking instead of burning. Life tip. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, dude, I was literally typing away at 7.56 or whatever. So trying to get um, some back and forth on a, a marketing video that we're getting done getting some feedback. So yeah, I was working right up until the last second. <laughs> nice. It was almost uh, maybe 11 hour day, give or take. Not, I took a couple breaks, I guess, in between. I went and ran an errand. To, I had to get my milk um, and some lunch. But other than that, pretty much all day. So. It's a long day. Yeah, it's a rare. Yeah, because I guess that's, <laughs> that's the announcement for the pod. I was offered and accepted a full-time job. So we're, uh, we're back up and running. <laughs> Congratulations officially, by the way. Thank you. And uh, now we can Pretty start. exciting stuff. We can start tackling um, uh, doing, uh, actually doing advertising. So doing some clips and whatever. That'd be cool. So, yeah, Anna's going to get the last three podcasts uh, episodes uh, edited. She was going to do it today, but she ran into some delay or something. So it'll be uh, okay. the next couple days, but then we'll get caught gotcha. up. We'll be back and uh, we're, we'll be serious again. <laughs> um, Sweet. How's your week been? It's been good. Um, it's only Tuesday, but. Well, the past had week. a pretty. Sure. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, been running a little ragged the past couple of days, but my since Friday, I don't know, my brain would not shut off. So I just I do a bunch of physical stuff, and then I wouldn't be able to sleep. So um, it's been kind of been kind of tired, but um, had a good weekend. Had a good Labor Day. Did a lot of sports. That was fun. Um, then yeah, that's about it. Okay. Uh, 
Why do you think your brain won't shut off? I don't know. Um, you got to do the physical stuff in the morning so that your brain is tired by the end of the day, not juiced. I don't think that's how it works. Well, working out right before bed, I don't know. It can make you tired, sort of, but it usually gives you a rush of endorphins, so it makes it makes you less. Well, it's not even working out before bed. It's just doing an activity for hours and then having two or three hours before bedtime to wind down. But um, yeah, who knows? I slept well last night, but I didn't. I didn't get uh, as much, nearly as much sleep as I needed to because I had to get up early so I could be back in time for this. And I was out playing volleyball. So, what was your recovery? 17% today. Dang, that's the lowest I've ever seen. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, Whoop tweeted out, like, hey, being in the yellow recovery doesn't actually mean it's a bad thing. And I responded, I was like, yeah, it took my brother and I several days in a bunch of reading to figure that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, mine's been a little low, like 70s. It hasn't been horrible, but I haven't been working out the last few days just because like it's been so full of everything else. So, yeah, I'm even pretty today, sure in the red is bad, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm getting up at four tomorrow and getting in at like 12:30 tomorrow night. Yeah, you got to go to bed. Uh, yeah, dude. Well, well, it's not 12:30 your time. It's 9:30 your time. But I'm the uh, one that's going to suffer tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, there will be some suffrage over here. I'm only going to get <laughs> five hours of sleep, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's true, but we'll uh, hopefully we get a couple good nights the next few days. Um, and you can try my magnesium when you're here. See how that feels. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, because yeah. Um, hmm. Interesting. Well, the reason you're coming out here is um, our sister, the first Jacobson child. Uh, is getting married on Saturday, which is crazy. Hmm. I was uh, I was watching a YouTube video. Someone in one of the groups I posted got, or I'm in, whatever, posted their wedding video or something because they just got married. Yeah, or she did or whatever. And so I just clicked on it because I was like, okay, interesting. See what's up. And uh, it was like, uh, it was definitely emotional or whatever. Like the dad was crying and stuff. I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do. This is going to be weird. (laughs) I told Cambria, I don't know what, like how I'm going to feel emotionally, but I bet I feel a lot of emotions, but it'll, it'll all be after I think hopefully. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's going to be, going to be weird. I think like, I think it'll be fine. Like hooray celebration, but different. I, that's how I feel. But maybe other people feel differently. How was the uh, the dinner, the anniversary dinner? That was really fun. It was del- it was awesome. Ate a ton of food. <laughs> nice. Um, and had a very nice time. Everybody did well. I did well, which is good. And um, and yeah, I think mom and dad were really happy with it. So yeah, it was nice. It's fine. Definitely missing you, but we'll uh, remedy that shortly. Indeed. <clears throat> so yeah, it's been. Uh, it was it, or it was a good time. So awesome. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, do you uh, listen or watch any uh, interesting or good content? I am watching. The Lord of the Rings Ooh. with Tyler and then my buddy Dylan. As in the, the TV show? No, 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 no. Oh, no. the movies. Movies, yeah. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't call the TV show Lord of the Rings. Uh, That's what I, yeah, I saw a clip. Anyway, but keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that after. Anyway, so we've, uh, we've made it 45 minutes into the second one because uh, Dylan hasn't seen it, so... 
we're showing it to him uh, and Tyler and I are both fanatics. So that's been fun. Okay. So, nice. Yeah. Did you finish listening to the books? No, I made it. Well, I finished the first one and I haven't started the second one yet, but I think I'm going to actually like re read it instead of listen to it. So I just got to get it from Amazon or something. Yeah. 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 I need to get a whole set. I want to get all, I need to get the whole thing. Silmarillion, Hobbit, Unfinished Tales, uh, Tales of Turin, Children of Huron, like all that stuff. Cause I, I love it all. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay. What, what made you decide you wanted to read it versus listen? Cause it's well read. Well, I mean, I've only ever listened to them. I think I don't think I've actually physically read the books. So. And yeah. But what made you decide to care or based on what are you caring? Well, I mean, I want to say that I've actually read them and then also I, I want to read more in general. So yeah gotcha okay yeah i mean they, i think <laughs> that's super cool Woo. but i was just curious <laughs> yeah um yeah okay well so yeah do you have a take on the the new tv show i have not seen it at all i see i saw like a five second clip this morning or this afternoon when i was like scrolling for instagram or whatever um and other than that you know obviously i've seen screenshots whatever the things that I've seen online or whatever is that, you know, it had a 6.1 rating. It went up to a 6.8 Amazon froze uh, ratings for their entire, like their whole prime stuff because they were getting, it was getting a bad rating um, for a few days or something like that. And then, which I mean, I'm sure that just fuels fans more. <laughs> like I was going to give it a three, yeah. a two, but whatever. Um, and then Basically, what I've the general take I've seen is if you ignore the fact that it's quote unquote Lord of the Rings and you just enjoy it as a show in and of itself, it's it's decent. Um, and but if you're like, hey, I want Lord of the Rings, it's not Lord of the Rings. And based on the like five second clip that I saw, I a thousand percent saw that. I was like, well, first of all, this is not Lord of the Rings. Clearly, <laughs> like light and day. This is not a dwarf. That is not a dwarf. That is not an elf <laughs> that we're interacting the scene. Um, but it seemed like a very nice, positive um, scene if it was just like a fantasy show or something. So uh, yeah. uh, what about you? Have you seen anything different or whatever? No, I have not seen it and I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to let other people watch it and then tell me how bad it is. So... What if I tell you how good yes. it is as a fantasy show? Yes. Well, here's the problem with that take, because that was my understanding as well. And the issue with that is I'm fine with a fantasy TV show being decent or adequate or watchable or entertaining. But the problem is the moment you put the Lord of the Rings label on it, the level is now 100% all the way through. Mm -hmm. So it can't be adequate. It can't be decent. It's unacceptable to be anything less than perfect. Once you have applied the Lord of the Rings label to it. So I know that I will not enjoy it. And I know that it's not worthy uh, for those reasons. So it may be yeah. decent it may be watchable, but they went ahead and tried to make it Lord of the Rings. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, the greatest movies ever made are the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So, you know, I'm not saying someone couldn't have done it. I'm just saying I don't know what they were thinking in the the ways that they decided to produce it. Um, yeah. Like female, you know, female orcs. Like, really, that's where we're going with this, you know. Um, I didn't realize orcs had gender. Uh, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know from all my reading. They always, I think they have always had more male-ish names, but I can't remember. But I never, I, mean, I remember. I don't not think it matters. They're orcs. Um, yeah. But anyway, just well, we want like we that. want good, bad women as well as good good women. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was my take on it. That it's okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Worthy for those reasons. I might be able to disconnect enough to enjoy it, 
Um, but I'm not sure yet. So I just don't want Amazon to get away with it. So there's no, well, way I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't mind watching it and enjoying it as a fantasy show and then giving it a horrible rating for not being Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I might be able to do both. Yeah. Cause there it's like free to me to watch. So it doesn't cost me anything. I don't think I would pay to watch it for sure. But I just don't know where the directors and producers get off, you know. What are they do- what are they doing over there? Like what went know. into the what were they thinking? I don't understand. They had to have known it was going to tank. Spent a Yeah, I do wonder if like the night too. before they're like, hooray, can't wait for our eight point nine rating or something. But who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, definitely disappointing someday when we're rich and famous maybe we'll uh, buy the rights from jeff we'll get elon to uh, help us buy the rights and then we'll make it good yeah what are you drinking i am drinking eagle rare on the rocks oh gotcha gotcha okay yeah it's I'm 95 just... degrees out here so <laughs> and i didn't Told you, you gotta else. get some uh you gotta get some good um uh tequila or not tequila uh gin Gin on the rocks in uh, in uh, hot weather, just really nice. So yeah, that sounds sounds amazing. Anyway, let's go with cigar. Oh, I uh, was able to get my new cigar or my cigar subscriptions turned back on. They're on the way. I placed a cigar Relief. order. It is on the way. Yes, um, and so yes, yeah, so we're back on track, baby. Awesome. Speaking of, I may have to buy cigars from you or at a smoke shop there. Is there one near you? Because this is my last one and I don't, I'm not getting my subscription before I head there. Out. So. Gotcha. Yes, uh, there is one. There's actually an LCA shop about 20 some minutes away or whatever. So, okay, sweet. Yeah. yeah. And there's another really nice cigar lounge um, that's uh, in a different direction, but 15 minutes away. So, yeah, there's good nice. options, decent options. Um, it's just harder to get like the cheaper budgety type cigars. <laughs> yeah, because that that's One what I ordered thing- from Pravada. Um, I got like I was trying out some of their cheaper ones to see, you know. Okay, nice. Anyway, yeah, James had a Steoni the other the other night, and he really liked it. Yeah, I, I love the the guy who makes the Stayoni is a really cool dude. Nice. Yeah, they have uh Pravada has knuckle sandwich as well. Espinosa knuckle sandwich. Yeah. And I think they had another one as well. So I'm gonna order I'm gonna order some because the one that James I tried hit the one that he had and it was excellent. Yeah. I also yeah, had Espinosa's that second name. I had that second blind blind man's bluff and it was it was it was much, much better than the first one. Nice. Maybe it just yeah. needed to be a little more humidified or something. Interesting. I noticed a couple things in this this round of Lord of the Rings that I didn't see before. One is just a small trivial thing, but when in the minds of Moria, when they're running to the bridge of Khazad-dûm, there's a scene where it's kind of cut back, looking down on them, run down the stairs. And Legolas jumps from like halfway across the stairs and cuts in line. He like jumps down and cuts in line. Yep, yep, yep. I know. Oh, really? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. Watching this time around, we're watching on a big TV, so I think it was easier to see this time. Totally. Uh, But uh, but yeah, I'd never noticed that before. I was like, oh, hey, (laughs) I just saw him skip line there. Uh, The funny thing is Tyler noticed the same thing too, and he'd never noticed it. So we we both (laughs) noticed it independently. That's funny. That's awesome. And then another new thought I had about it watching it is when the scene, uh, let's see. Yeah, it's the scene on the riverbank right before Boromir leaves to interact with Frodo. You mean the, the night before? The first one. Uh, n- no, because it it's the same. Maybe it is the night before. I can't remember. But it's okay. they're on the riverbank. They're on the riverbank, and it's, it is right before, whether it's a cut scene or whether it's supposed to be the day after. Yeah. Before Boromir leaves and goes after Frodo to meet okay. him in the woods, 
and he has that interaction with Aragorn. Yeah, that's the night before. Aragorn. Yeah, so he calls yeah. out Aragorn, right? So my thought about that scene is Boromir, and and especially connected with what Galadriel had to say to him about having hope, mm-hmm. Boromir, he wasn't necessarily a villain at that point, and he was he wasn't an antagonist really. He he needed some hope, and he needed some leadership, and he and wasn't he couldn't wrong. find it. Yeah, and he wasn't wrong for calling out Aragorn in that moment. He's actually a hundred percent right about Aragorn. And the way Aragorn reacted to him, that's what caused him to snap. And if Aragorn had stepped up in that moment and sort of owned who he was and gave Boromir that little bit of hope and had been the leader that Aragorn is supposed to be, it would have been a different story. Yeah. That was one thing that I noticed this time around. I was like, oh, I can kind of see like right where his transformation, because after that, it, it then it shows him getting out of the boat and he looks at Frodo. It's a very, very subtle scene, but he looks, he kind of looks at Frodo and like, I'm obviously I know the story well, but I can just see clearly like what his character is now thinking after that interaction. So that was an interesting mm-hmm. thing that I noticed this time around that I haven't noticed before. Yeah. No, Aragorn totally. was kind of, that was, that was Air Boromir was Aragorn's, to a certain degree <laughs> in as much as one is not responsible for the actions of others but yes um though to be fair to be fair well, that's is aragorn's failure like his one major failure i think and and that's i'm that's what Ty, tyler had to say about it and i agree with that that Tyler's an idiot analysis <laughs> no i'm just kidding um so, no, I just think, well, it's a little bit, it's a little more complicated just because in the books, it's a little bit of a trope, a movie trope, because in the books, that's not where Oregon's, Aragorn's head was at, right? Because he left Rivendell in the books with the sword intention to be. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, in the so, books, you have him, you have him, like, I mean, that's one of the things that the movies miss is in the books when they're, when they're boating down past the statues his countenance, his whole figure changes from a ranger into a king. And that's a very descriptive scene. And his eyes light up and he's filled with like the blood of his ancestors. So they completely miss that. So I'm just going by the movie itself. Yeah. Yeah. So according to the movie, movie Aragorn messed it up. Yeah. Yes. But still, I don't think it's Aragorn's fault that Boromir gave into the ring. No, no, not necessarily. But I, I think that it was, it was definitely a failure of Aragorn in that moment the way he reacted to Boromir. Yeah, but I would say it's a personal failure versus a versus a um, his responsibility. Like his responsibility has to do he's with the leader who he's the, supposed to be personally. He's the it's leader not his fault the, if someone loses it. Uh, I mean, he's the leader of the fellowship, though. So I feel like it kind of is his fault because there's no bad teams. There's only bad leaders, right? So. <laughs> um according to that logic it is his fault no well, that's I'm, true jocko would say aragorn. well jocko would say is aragorn needs to take ownership right for his thing and yep. boromir equally take ownership for his thing who cares whose fault it is you're both you know at fault <laughs> so right. yeah yeah that's what i mean by it being more personal versus like sure you know that makes sense. in the you know, god in his judgment has decided this is aragorn's fault you know it's like no like it's an it's a failure of Aragorn. It doesn't take away from it being a failure of Boromir. Yeah, it doesn't diminish who Boromir should have been um, and was in the end. So, because we also can't speak of Boromir without reference and respect, because he did he did choose the right path. I, mean, he's, I, I, I love Boromir. He's epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's a good thought. I, I like that uh, identification a lot. Yeah. It's very good. That's why it's dumb when people are like, yeah, I've seen it. Or yeah, I read that. It's like, okay, but, you know, maybe you should consider reading it again. You might see something completely different or watch it again. You might notice something completely different. Some people are like, how have you watched this seven times? I'm like, because it's that good. 
every time I watch it, I see something new. Like Last Kingdom, I've seen it six or seven times, you know, at least like the first episode or first season, right? And then you rewatch it once or twice, and then you rewatch it before the second season, second season, whatever, right? But, you know, I've basically seen the whole thing, not including season five, at least five or six times. And Mm -hmm. so, but every time I watch it, I notice a new look a new attitude, a new perspective on someone's attitude, a new character change that I didn't pick up on before every single time, multiple things pop out. So yeah, that's why I rewatch it because it's freaking good. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway. Um, How, uh, how do you feel things are going with, uh, with, with chosen. I saw some emails have been going back and forth. Good. Yeah. I mean, I've got to follow up with this. I don't know her job title. I don't know the manufacturer that contacted me. And so I've, I've got to follow up with her. I need to send her some artwork and get some samples. And then, so that's my next step is to communicate with her. Um, okay. And get that. Uh, so but I mean, it seems like the price range and the production value and everything. I mean, they've they've been in business for 18 years or something, so they've been doing this for a while. So and then I'm gonna read those emails that you sent over tomorrow on the plane. So okay. Yeah, they're just kind of marketing thoughts that we can incorporate or potentially incorporate, kind of get the juices flowing. Um yeah. and also uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, does the manufacturer, do they do just manufacturing? Or do they also do order fulfillment? They don't. So they don't specifically do order fulfillment. So if we have a UPS account, I believe that they can do order fulfillment. It's not something that they, like from what I understood, it's not something that is like inherently incorporated within the structure they do mostly manufacturing but if we have a ups account and she even mentioned that she knows someone that does fulfillment as well that is connected so i know there's a way to set up fulfillment with her i just have to narrow down exactly what it is got it Um, so so she said if you have a database like shopify or ShipStation, and you have a ups account we can ship out orders i believe that's what she told me got it okay got it Makes sense. All righty, cool. Well, sounds good. We'll get that information and keep moving forward. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So one of the things that I thought about, I didn't have too big of a, I don't really have a list at all other than I had some thoughts in my head just because I've been so caught up with um, last week I was trying to stack on more and more consulting hours with the company that I was trying to get hired by and then, or that I wanted to get hired by. And then they made an offer on Friday. And then I was thinking about it all day and trying to figure out how I wanted to respond Saturday, Sunday, I sent them an email Sunday night. We had a meeting to talk about it. The family, Cambria, mom, dad, the boys, Evelyn, they flew in on Sunday. And so I was like doing trips, picking people up and whatever. And so I just like, I've been all over the place and I've, you know, sure. haven't really done my usual um, preparation. And then today I worked right up until it was time to start recording. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about, you know, maybe chatting about was the, well, I, I think how basically this process of getting hired and this, the, the situation um, because right. So I've been applying for five months to jobs. I've been looking for five months, all kinds of different, you know, like LinkedIn job newsletters, email lists, like four or five different job boards, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I just haven't found the right thing. And I've been in various conversations, a lot of them haven't panned out, whatever, whatever. And then finally I run into this one and they actually, I was like set up my profile. The story is I set up my profile on uh, workatastartup.com, which is Y Combinator's job board for their portfolio companies. And uh, within like 24 to 48 hours, I think 24 hours, Sam, who's the chief technical officer at the company and one of the co- and the co-founder, 
sent me a DM on there. and was like, Hey, you know, we have this position open and be interested in checking it out. And I was like, okay, I'd, I'd seen it, but I skipped it because the title didn't really seem relevant to, to my background. I was like, all right, sounds good. So I took a closer look. I was like, okay, yeah, I could totally do this. And I thought it was interesting that they reached out. That's a good indication of something. Um, and so I started following up, blah, blah, blah. I had a few interviews. They said, well, how about we do some consulting? We really do like the idea of working with you. This gives us a chance to kind of get to know each other a little bit more because it's a pretty serious hire, a very serious hire. And then, uh, so we did a one month contract that was going to run August 11th or 12th um, or August 11th through August or September 11th. And so signed that. And then obviously it's not the 11th yet. So a week or two, even two weeks early, uh, roughly, they basically said, Hey, you know, we didn't want to waste any more time. We want to lock you down. Basically here's our offer. I then did a counter offer with several different things and which they accepted. And then, you know, we, uh, we moved forward and I technically started yesterday. So I think the question that I wanted to ask is, you know, I kind of sent you, uh, I sent you guys like a, like a real quick snippet of like what they said, right. About the quote about like, you know, your thoughtful consideration, like what you put into this, like, that's why Britain's the guy I'm curious, like, did that trigger anything in your mind? Or you just look at that and you're like, Oh, you know, that's great. Or did you have any thoughts associated with basically what I said and why they made the decision to pull the trigger. I mean, I think they made the wrong decision. No, just kidding. Uh, I didn't have a lot of thoughts other than, other than based upon how they articulated their response. It seems like they recognize the value that you provide. Mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Got it. Okay. So the reason I was thinking about highlighting this is because it's a good, it's a real life example. <laughs> um, and it worked out this time for me. It hasn't worked out 130 other, you know, pre-application or other application times. So, you know, I think that obviously I'm blessed to have had this work out in the way that it did. But essentially, I'm the sort of person that I'm, I'm very thoughtful about my work and communication. I'm overly detail-oriented a lot of the times, too much so where I've got to be told, like, stop thinking about that detail. It doesn't matter. Ignore this. Chill on that. Whatever. But the email I sent them in my counter offer, I was trying to figure out what's the best way to do this because I wanted them to give me about $10,000 more per year in base salary than what they had offered me. And all right, how do I want to do this? Because I know we're like a startup company. They're not just like, oh, we make billions of dollars. You know, here's some cash. Who cares? It was something they were very thoughtful about. They were giving me a little bit of equity in the company with the vesting period and everything. So like they were bringing me into the fold a little bit. So how do I reciprocate that? Um, And so what I ended up doing is I wrote them actually a pretty long email in response to the offer and basically said, uh, first of all, I'm going to preempt our meeting later tonight to actually talk about the offer because I, in the interest of maximizing and giving time for consideration, right. Versus me just hitting him up with my list, you know, on in video or on the video call. So that's, that was the first thing I did. And the second thing I did was I just reiterated that I was thankful for their thoughtful words and the consideration of me and the position, and then how best to achieve success in the position. And just that I've really enjoyed working with you, which I think can be summed up with, A, it's been a long time since I've spent random hours excitedly going back and forth on strategy, product, marketing, structure, or laying in bed thinking about W2 stuff. Thanks for that. Thank you, Chase. And then two, or B, it's rare to meet people such as yourselves who appreciate my personality and my presentation of my thoughts and input. It's been a really positive experience. And it gives me energy. So I kind of framed the positives of my experience that way. And then I said, mm-hmm. they noted, thank you for your trust in me and like giving me a piece of their, you know, eventually giving me a piece of the company and whatnot, right? That it's very tiny, like very, very small, right? But it, they're still, they're parting with their baby, their company with me. And that's like a very serious thing. 
So I just said, thanks for that. Okay, so then I said, here's my compilation of thoughts that I, you know, and basically this is in no particular order, quote unquote, but I actually outlined it in a very strategic way. <laughs> so the first thing I did is I said, my personal goal here is to grow. So I want you to promise me that you will let me know when you think there are things I should change, I should improve, or at least consider changing or improving, whether it's communication, attitude, style, whatever. Second is regarding my career goals, 100% of my you know, responsibilities are going to be focused on this job and the responsibilities of this job. But I actually want to be involved in as much of the company as you can possibly involve me in. Think of it as COO level access to everything whenever possible. Obviously, it's not always possible, but I want exposure and I want to be challenged versus just like, oh, I just do the job and that's great. Third is uh, that at some point I want top to bottom review of like finances and where the company is at. Fourth is I want kind of a who's who in the company. You know, I still, I've only met a few people. I don't really know the full situation, the full structure, right? Uh, five is I, I would like the uh, employment document or offer or whatever to employ some language of intention to bonuses and raises. I, obviously, we're too early to quantify that, but I just want the intention noted on and basically our signatures attached to that intention because I've had mm-hmm. negative experiences with that in the past. Um, I didn't know. Oh, I, I think I did know that. Yeah, I did know that I've had a couple of negative experiences. And then six is when I, the last thing is when I said, okay, and now here's what I would like to counter my base offer at X amount per year uh, for my salary. And then here are three reasons, right? A, B, C. And so, and then I just said, I look forward to your thoughts. See you, you know, later tonight or whatever. And basically the response coming back was they sent just a real quick email. Hey, thanks, Britton. Look forward to discussing this later today. Appreciate the thoughtfulness. It's like, okay, right. That can be a good thing or a bad thing. Like, thank you for being thoughtful, but you <laughs> suck. <laughs> or it can be like, Hey, like this person's a thoughtful person. Sure enough, in this case, um, it ended up being the latter. And so one of the quotes that they had was the thoughtfulness that you put into your work and into your, our communication is like, you're not just someone that does the job. Are you getting attacked by a bee or something? Yeah, I am. Sorry. Getting attacked by a bee on camera. Go to YouTube for the maybe we'll clip. This will be our clip. <laughs> this will be our. Um, but anyway, um, one of the quotes that they had was, "Thank you for being so thoughtful." And why don't you just try and smoke them out? Um, and <laughs> bite back. Um, I I'm fighting. All right, continue. Uh, this is, uh, you know, thank you for being thoughtful. And that's one of the things that like, that's what told us and communicated, I guess, to us quote, yes, Britain is Britain is the guy that we're looking for in this, you know, executive senior thoughtful role. Um, and so in my, in this situation, it took 130 applications and whatnot to find the company that appreciated my background to find the, the, the leadership that, um, appreciated my approach to everything. And it paid off. Now, is that really due to anything I did? No, not really. That's just due to blessing and, in my opinion, the Lord's timing. Because the day before, or I guess a few days before I got paid for my consulting hours, I was down to you know my last few dollars, <laughs> literally. And so, right, that's just, um, it's, so it's not something that I did per se, but it is an intention of action, an intention of execution and communication, which I did put in that ended up paying off in this case. So I only offer it as a, an example of how it's paid off. There's been plenty of times in my life where it didn't pay off. Now you can say that like, oh, well it should have, and if only you'd done something differently, but maybe you weren't meant to go through that experience or get hired at that company or whatever. Um, Cause I've been, you know, I've had experiences where you know, I told a guy after a few conversations, I identified some pretty serious things in the company that were issues. He's like, oh, you know, you're, you're right, but don't say anything. And I was like, okay, well, that's an issue. <laughs> um, yeah. And he was like, but you're really good at, you know, making observations from the outside. It's like, yeah. And, or they're just glaring errors, but sure enough, he ended up ghosting me a week or two later. 
And then recently, like a few months ago, at least, I saw that he parted ways with the company um, where it's, it's where I knew there were going to be issues was at his yeah. communication or his relationship with some of the other people there, um, like as in the owners, because uh, he was a part owner. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I called this months ago and sure enough, right. And I would have been totally caught up and it would have been a huge pain. It would have been horrible. Right. So, you know, oh no, me being me didn't pan out. But then at the same time, it kind of did in the long run, or at least so far, I haven't been fired from Planet Pro. <laughs> yeah, totally. So anyway, that's just one of the things that I thought was worth calling out is kind of the, the current end of the story uh, that we've been obviously touching on as I've been navigating the whole application process and job hunt process and whatnot. So, yeah, totally. I, it's really uh, interesting. Oh, keep going. No, it's, it's fine. You, you finished first. No, no, I was going to start on a separate, still related, but a separate tangent. Okay. Well, maybe that's what I'm doing too. On Sunday, we went through a psalm. It's a short psalm, but I think there's some universal. In two of the verses, I think there's some universal application, not to mention that it's just poetic and beautiful, but it's from what, Psalm 141, and it's three through five. And it says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. Let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. And I thought that was some pretty powerful wisdom, especially in that last verse. I love that it says, let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness. I think that's a very poetic and accurate way to look at growing and receiving instruction from those around you and walking in wisdom. And I think that ties in with communicating as well and, you know, keeping a watch over your mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I really do like that the emphasis on receiving input and instruction from wiser people, because I see a lot of people and know a lot of people who ignore it, throw it out. No, 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 no. And then six months later, 10 years later, their life is worse. They have a worse attitude. They have worse emotional health or mental health or whatever the you know result has been of not walking out the input that they get. And that's not to say just because someone's gray haired and wise, you know, everything they say is, you know, what you should just automatically do. There's plenty of stuff mm -hmm. that, um, that I don't follow through on or whatever, but that doesn't mean I don't receive it. There's a difference between acting on everything and receiving something and you should receive all of it. And then you filter it and you process it. And then you just try and keep in mind that, you know, your perspective very well might change and be theirs eventually. Um, okay. One more thing. And then I'm going to circle back to this because we'll get too far away, but, and I think it might even be related potentially. Um, but it was really interesting because I was talking with Calvin, right? One of my best friends. And he said that he had a kind of a sense that the, like me going through this whole uh, horrible job applications, you know, situation, job hunt process and time um, and life phase, uh, phase in life as like maybe as me having to learn more about humility, which is, you know, which is interesting because I don't really feel like I'm not, I don't feel that I'm actually prideful, but I am very, very confident. And there's a very, very thin, very, very gray line between supreme confidence and pride and it but what's interesting is right when or around the time when i got the job offer right and i was thinking about it i had the emotion and it struck me that like i don't feel like i deserve this just out of the blue and it didn't you know 
thanks to my confident personality. It didn't last that long, but <laughs> other than I'm still talking about it and thinking about it, but that's, I've never had that before. All my other positions, all my other work situations been like, yeah, this happened because I worked hard because I'm um, sure. smart and I did what I could. And like, I played the game and I won. And like, that's always been every single conversation attitude that I've had or uh, emotional interaction I've had and mental interaction I've had with job offers and promotions and whatever. This is the first time I was like, I don't know that I deserve this. Like, that's a weird emotion to feel. So maybe, you know, Calvin was right. Um, but I think he might even be right in ways that I don't, you know, I haven't, I'm not fully aware of yet because I'm still thinking about that and, and trying to, you know, figuring it out. So I just thought that was really interesting. Um, but I want to circle back and smote, <laughs> yeah, but not smitten. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things related to what you were talking about, um, and what you brought up that I've been thinking about recently is, you know, we've dealt with, and then we, we've dealt with personally, and then we've certainly seen culturally a lot of people being upset with other people, with their parents, with their grandparents, with their great grandparents, with whoever, right? Mm -hmm. Did I talk about this on the pod? Did we talk about this last week about the, the hypocrisy and the pride that goes into the assumption that, oh, if I was in their shoes and if I had their personality and I had their same experiences up until that point, I would have made a better decision or a different decision. No, we did not. Okay, good. <laughs> so case in point, or like not case in point, but an example would be, I don't like my parents or my grandparents or, you know, whatever. They were misogynistic. They were this, they were that, whatever it is, right? And that's not to say that your parents or your grandparents in this case, or in that case, or the, in the example, right, would be our right to have thought or acted in the way that they did, right? But the fact that you're not extending grace to them in such a way as to say, oh, I, if I was in their position, it is perfectly possible that I would have acted and or had the same emotions, right? Acted in the exact same ways that they did, right? And instead of extending that grace and understanding that humans are fallible and everyone makes mistakes, and it's not just about the neg the bad choices or decisions or whatever someone made, um, but that, and, and so instead of having that, instead you have this, or our culture often has, and people we know have had this, um, oh, they're bad for being that way as if, and there's this underlying assumption, right? This underlying calculation, it's, I think it's hypocrisy, but it's certainly prideful to, um, or hypocritical. It's certainly prideful uh, to assume that if you were in their shoes, if you had gone through the same life experiences they had, had the same interactions with the relationships that they had, um, that and had the same personalities that they had in those contexts, that you would be different, right? That you wouldn't have made the same mistakes. That you're not making similar but different mistakes now, and won't with your own kids or with your own friends or with your own family, like whatever the you know, whatever the case may be. I'm just keep using the parents one or grandparents one because um, it's like an easy like. There's lots of articles about there. My parents did this or whatever. Um, yeah, and so I think that you know I don't know that I've gotten much further in that other than it. It makes me think of what, um, oh, Britain's going to blank. Uh, oh, well, Edmund Burke had to say about the French Revolution, because the French Revolution has actually had a very similar attitude culturally towards its history, right? They were tearing down this, tearing apart their entire society which led to a lot of injustice, not to say that there wasn't a lot of injustice before that, but it also led to a lot of other injustices. And he basically said, beware, like they're making a mistake, beware of tearing down the foundations of what has held you up simply because of some bad, you know, pieces of the stone or, you know, whatever. 
And I've always thought about that. And it's always in the back of my mind when I hear people who are trying, who are, who are tearing down or attacking things that have been, because while I believe in tearing down things that are wrong or that have been wrong and things like that, like William Wilberforce and slavery <laughs> um, and whatnot, like I totally believe in that, but that doesn't mean you have to be uh, aware of the fact of how you're doing it and that you have to be replacing it with something different, right? You're something not, better. you can't just, and, and, and well, you are replacing it with something different. Your intention needs to be to replace it with something better. And I think so often people internally in their personal relationships and or externally societally just focus on the tearing down. Right. And they forget that there are positives. They forget that there are good people in the world. They forget that their parents loved them or their grandparents loved them and that they did make sacrifices and that they did care about you and that they did try and do this and all these sorts of things that you just, but you cut all that out and you pick the five, 10, 20, whatever. Again, this is highly contextualized, right? Because there are a lot of horrible parents, and horrible grandparents, and horrible everybody in the world. And yes. you know, I'm not a fan of those people. Um, and for, Lord willing, I'll be able to to help people overcome and knock knock that out. But that's um, for those of us who have led or and or have had relatively positive experiences. Um, I just think it's it's easy to jump on the bandwagon of society that we get sucked into, and just you know have a little grace. You know, stop assuming mm-hmm. that you're you're better. <laughs> yeah. I think of Jordan Peterson and he talks about this concept and he relates it to the book, ordinary men, which I haven't read, but I'm going to, at some point, I'm sure, I'm sure you're familiar with it. I've heard about, of it, but it's, I'm blanking on its context. Yeah. It's well, it's about a, I don't remember the locations, but the book is about how it's about, I believe it's in world war two or, or world war one. And a German, a, a German force basically invades some town, some city, some location, basically. And so it's, it's basically the story of how ordinary men, ordinary working men got wrapped up in Nazi Germany. And they turned from just basic people to shooting naked pregnant women in the back of the head in fields right Mm -hmm. and so basically it's the trajectory of how these you know ordinary men were manipulated i'm not going to say manipulated how they got to that point because at the start at the start they were just normal basic etc right and then they end up being monsters right now at a certain that's an extreme example and at a certain point, being Christians, I think the Holy Spirit comes into play. So, right. So there's a certain element of that just religiously, but universally, culturally, et cetera, that's, a, that's an example of how, you know, you would never think that you would be in that position. Mm-hmm. But then you read this story of all of these men who were normal live normal lives and then their trajectory and their storyline and their story arcs into total human depravity and of course this is a personal belief without the holy spirit we're all capable of that uh-huh. but that application is universal disregarding religion which and that ties into what you're sort of talking about yeah hundred percent. Two things to add. So one is that actually sent this to me. Um, but, uh, one is there is a guy out there talking. It's, you know, it's some Instagram clip or whatever, but, and basically he's saying, actually we can map and track exactly how emotions impact the way that you feel and how you feel impacts the way that you think. And then how you think impacts the way that you feel. And it can become a reinforcing loop of negative, um, depressionary, uh, uh, you know, uh, basically thoughts. And it can get to the point where you're altering, you know, your perspective and of your experiences 
And it just becomes this reinforcing loop over and over and over again. And it gets worse and worse and worse. So you have to actively break that loop. But there's this quote that I love, and it's directly related to it. I believe it's a Ben Okri, O-K-R-A quote, O-K-R-I quote, Ben Okri. Beware the stories you read or tell. Subtly at night, beneath the waters of consciousness, they are altering your world. That's what's happening. And people don't realize that they're controlling that process. And they're controlling. And it's not just beware the stories you read. It's like not just the stories you read. It's the people you interact with. It's the conversations that you have. It's the thoughts that you allow yourself to have. It's the feelings that you allow yourself to fall into to reinforce with thought. And, um, and so anyway, I just really love that, that quote. And I think it bears a lot of, uh, a lot of import on, on this whole topic. Absolutely. Any thoughts on Vienna getting married? Emotions? Not really. I mean, I think it's awesome and i'm excited for her and sure it will be a blessing to the family and to her especially to mom and dad but i don't think i don't really i don't tend to go through any sort of powerful emotions so i'm not not really expecting to maybe i'll get hit with something but i doubt it i'm gonna just it's gonna happen i'm gonna be there it's gonna be great and uh it's about the size of it (laughs) gotcha Gotcha. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Each day gets a little bit more in my uh, in my mental thoughts. So um, I got to go pick up the drinks and everything. Nice for it, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it'll go well, um, but it is crazy. I mean, it's something very new. I think. <laughs> That's no, new. It's new it's, for sure. It's natural, but it's new. We said one of the things we wanted to talk about. I I don't think tonight's the night, but we wanted to talk about the interaction and conduction of, or the conduct of relationships. Because um, I don't think we have we we haven't actually dove into that as a topic, have we? We've talked about some general. Yeah, I don't think we have. I think we've barely touched on it, if at all. When do you fly back, by the way? The 13th, which I'm pretty sure is a Wednesday. What, uh, let's see. What are they getting married? The 10th, right? Which is Saturday? Yeah. So 11, 12, Tuesday, 13, I guess. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. So we might not, we might have to record on Wednesday or Thursday next week. Yeah, probably. Well, Wednesday, I guess, because you have Frisbee. No, I won't have Frisbee. Oh, I do have Thursday. Sorry, I thought you were talking Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but okay. Because yeah, uh, I think we I want to talk about that. And then I was talking with Micah and he said, you should totally do uh, talk about education and like, you know, you not going to college. He's like, there are a ton of people that are trying to figure that out in their life, what that should look like. So I feel like those are two things you should, prep your thoughts on and we can do some, some good ad, uh, episodes on it. Yep. I can definitely be thinking about that. Yeah. I think it'll be good. All right. Well, any other thoughts for, for this particular episode? No, I don't think so. I think we got through some good intelligent thought. It's a good, uh, less prepped episode. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here then. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. This is episode 17, dude. We're 17 weeks in, which is kind of crazy. Uh, pretty cool. One step at a time. Cool. And uh, and I love. I was the family was trying to do something tonight, and uh, like because I was working all day. Like, we're hanging out with Britain in the evening. I was like, nope, we're recording Tuesday's podcast night. It's like <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> so um, so it's cool that they're uh, they're supportive. Anyway, all right. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and um, 
and we'll, we'll keep plugging away. We're going to start rolling out some, uh, some actual ab- advertising in the form of uh, short videos and whatever on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> so we'll see, uh, we'll see how it rock and rolls, but it'll be fun to potentially start getting some serious, getting serious about it. Uh, see what happens. <laughs> see if we get canceled. Mm-hmm. Or not. All right, bro. Have a good rest of your evening, folks. Take care.